0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Western Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Meister. With me, as always, is my co-host, Cobalt. We have a pretty interesting week for Western Focus here because of the new LCS format. We will we will be covering these this last week's uh, games for the LCS, but there will not be any more games to cover for the next upcoming two weeks as they have a new hiatus i guess we'll call it in their schedule so they can run the valorant uh champions tournament in the riot games now studio not the lcs studio anymore so there will be a couple week break for the lcs after this we will still have lec this week and then the i believe that is the last week of the winter split is coming up next week for europe So there will be a little bit of of downtime uh, for both of these regions that will be upcoming, but we still have a full action-packed week of Western League of Legends here for you in this episode. The LCS, as I said, two games last week, and then the second-to-last round of playoff games for the LEC as we get up into that finals, where we know one of the teams that have made it through, and then there will be the build-up into... What we'll say I guess I'll just say you know a it priority. It's G2's opponent going into that final. So blue, how have you enjoyed the games this week? How have you been?
1: it's It's kind of mixed, I think, is the way I'll put it that i'm I'm obviously enjoying the games. I'm never going to complain about western league. it's It's always a good time, but the issue is that the LEC quality of games, on average at least, has been on a steady decline, I feel like. While on the other hand, in the LCS, it feels like things have been picking up a lot. So as an LEC fan myself, that's kind of depressing, to be honest. But overall, it was still a fun week, some good games to talk about. And yeah, just happy to to keep doing this.
0: Yeah, I know at the beginning, or at least at some point in the podcast, we were definitely expecting the LEC to be a bit more chaotic, but still with a clear-cut team at the top. And then the LCS we thought would be pretty... You know a lot more even standard we it seemed like at the beginning going into the preseason looking at the rosters that you kind of had a relatively good idea of where each team would fall within maybe a position or two of of you know where you would expect them to be at um, but the lcs has been incredibly chaotic uh and at the very least uh, in the lec we still do have as we said g2 up there at the top despite uh some best efforts coming out from some teams trying to challenge them uh they're 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 still G two so good for them. Uh, we'll we'll be getting into the LEC first here. We started off with the LCS last week, so there were I believe, geez, how many was it like five playoff series I think to, that happened in the LEC this last weekend, right? Five.
1: Yep, yeah, five. That's right. Three, four Bo yep. four Bo threes and then one Bo five.
0: Yep. So we'll dive straight into it. Uh, Blue, obviously resident LEC guy, take us away.
1: righty. So kind of how we've been doing it for the past week, two weeks or so. Uh, We're going to start by talking about the teams that have been eliminated, give them a bit of a send-off here in the winter split, and then we're going to jump into the upcoming matches for this final week of the LEC that's upcoming. But before we do that, we're just going to cover the latest news that has come out uh, in the LEC scene here. Uh, Two pieces of news to cover. First of all, we know that Rogue obviously bombed out. They seem like the generally weakest team in the LEC this past split fairly cut and dry just do nothing lose and then that's all about that's about all they could really show but now they're going to kind of shake things up a little bit by replacing Shigenda up in the top lane with Finn so after being away for a couple of years Finn is now back on Team Rogue and you know my personal take is i don't think that shigenda was the entire problem you know he he contributed of course the whole team i think did but i'm not entirely convinced this this change is going to shake things up enough for them to do things uh but you know obviously yet to see what are your what are your thoughts steve
0: definitely not enough to shake up the expected outcome of this roster i would agree uh, I do remember seeing on Twitter, though, that Finn did have some really good stuff going in solo queue. Uh, it seems like he's been playing a lot better. Uh, and and I've, I've seen, I think it was I Will Dominate uh, mention that and kind of give him like a little bit of a shout. So excited to see Finn back. I love Finn. I, I mentioned it in one of the early episodes talking about Rogue, where it's like, you know, I liked this team when they had Finn back on that roster, even when they were down in the dumps and seeing them win with uh, him and uh, um, Comp and larson in the mid lane still so that was a a fun time for me so i'm happy to see him come back he's a good player uh definitely not the 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 answer to to their problems as you said shigenda was more of a lane dominant style player but he wasn't really able to take his advantages that he would only sometimes find in lane uh to really impact the team and it's like i I could kind of see what rogue was going for with that uh team setup that they have with still larson and comp being your your main kind of late game carries and then wanting to bring in shigenda to kind of have that early sort of pressure to play around in top lane but it just never was able to make it out of the early game with him uh even with marcoon who seemed to be you know a more of a aggressive early style jungler uh, finding some invades and stuff it never really seemed like that He was coordinating with Shigenda a lot to do those things. He was spending a lot of time around bot lane and mid lane looking for bot lane dives and stuff like that. And it just doesn't really seem like that it was a good fit there. I remember us talking about it when they originally brought in Shigenda for Wamne, about that different lane dynamic change that they had of Wamne being, you know, that steady tank player, weak side top laner and how Shigenda was a lane and we were wondering if it would work out or not. Obviously now we know the answer to that question didn't really work out excited to have Finn back in the in the scene back with his team of rogue as well Uh, will it be that big impact change though, definitely not. There will have to be more changes we would expect. But I think it is a good start because I was surprised to to see the kind of the fan sentiment was like, oh my god, like you're just you're getting rid of Shagenda, like yeah, like he was the problem toppling. You know, it's like that, that that's the move to be making. Good job, Rogue. It's like, no, but I mean like like obviously rogues a bad team, they're gonna have to make more moves in that. We can only do so much, especially in like the win the, the winter split, where that's that you're the only region that's running like a a quote winter split at this time, and then you're gonna have your normal spring split that's still going on when everyone else is running spring so you know give give rogue time You know i'm sure if they still suck and i'm sure they will they'll make more changes in between spring and summer and then hopefully from summer to to next year as well this team ain't going to worlds or anything like that you don't need to to get your panties in a bunch they'll be fine they'll figure something out uh but it it is a good start i do think to have finn coming back into that team and just get you know someone familiar back you know maybe there will be some sort of existing synergistic kind of thing that we've seen with some of these teams happen where maybe they do overperform a little bit because there is some sort of comfort level there
1: And then the other piece of news, which will kind of be our transition into what the first of the eliminated teams this past week, is Team Heretics is going to be replacing their support, Kaiser, with Trimby. So that move, I think, is probably, by by all metrics, an upgrade. I think it was absolutely criminal that Trimby had to sit sit on the bench for the winter split here. Very good to see him back on the team. I'm just not entirely convinced that Kaiser was necessarily the one you wanted to replace. I think that the bot lane on, on this team was probably the most consistent part of their roster in the past split so you know kind of a questionable decision to on where they made the change but I am happy with the change that they made. The The issue is that obviously we talked about this a bit last week and it's still the case that Perks is the glaring weakness on this roster right now uh, you know, in this in this series that they they got eliminated on, they did in fact lose to SK two one as I uh, predicted, and I think Steve, you had the same prediction. And it was a very unconvincing series from both sides. But you know, Perks just wasn't cutting it. He all split long. He's been kind of the. In some cases, he griefs. In some cases, he just doesn't do anything. Uh, the two games here that Heretics lost, he his int was a little less bad than it has been, but you know, it spread a little bit to Yankos and Wonder. They they kind of shared in the int a little bit, especially as the series progressed, and and that I think led very much to their downfall here where they they just weren't able to find the angles and fights. The team wasn't all that great. Um so, you know, I think that Perks is probably the guy that you're going to want to replace, especially now if they're giving him a second chance for spring and he continues to do what he's doing. Here, what he did on Vitality, and to some extent what he did back in all the way back on C9, I think that it's pretty clear to me by now that he should retire, uh, step down, acknowledge the fact that your your golden days are probably behind you, uh, and then they'll hopefully find something better in the mid lane. Because with Trimby now, I think the roster will be upgraded, but there is there is more room to to develop when you get rid of perks.
0: And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but when we were talking about Heretics before, were, were you a, a Kaiser, like, did you did you like Kaiser, like, being on the team? So I know, like, he's had some rough splits in there. Were you so supportive of him being on the team, or did you not like him? Because I know at the beginning it, it seemed to be that people really didn't like Kaiser, and that, like you know, like, maybe not a, a good spot for him on the team. You know, he was kind of one of those guys on the bubble where... Is he like really going to stick around the league if he has another bad split? And it seemed like he had a good split this time, but he's still getting replaced anyways.
1: Yeah. Obviously when he was with mad lions, they won two splits in a row. He was very, very good on that roster. I think very much known for kind of that Malrang play style where he would find a bush to camp in, sit there for a minute and then pull off a miraculous engage that won them a fight. So he's had good moments on vitality. Unfortunately, more recently he wasn't all that great, but I think that was just generally the whole team was underperforming. And then obviously coming here, I think I was expecting that he was probably going to be one of the weaker pieces, but he's he's shown a good things, I think. He paired up pretty well with Flackid. They didn't always win lane, of course, but I think they were solid, and then... In the later game, he he wasn't quite on that Mad Lions level, but I think he was good enough to keep his spot. I'm I'm not I'm really not convinced that he needed to go.
0: That that was my thoughts because I was looking back at some of the like the the very sophisticated grading system that I had them doing for these players of a of a one through ten rating out of ten um and I, I did seem to have more positive uh ratings for kaiser than the negative ones the way that i do the the rating it's like you know, basically if, if you have a seven out of ten like you had a you had a good game like there's un, there's no questioning that you had a good game and then if you have falling like five it's like okay like you know you're just kind of fine whatever and then three or lower is like you had a bad game i felt like there was definitely a lot more positives than the negatives for Kaiser, but yeah i mean it's, it's it's just how it's just how league of legends is like it seems like more often than not the the, the people that get replaced first are aren't necessarily really the problems uh you know first agenda again it's like it's not really his fault like you know he's just wasn't really quite up to snuff it's not the big roster changing move that's going to save rogue but it's a, it's a good part of the process whereas with kaiser i think that he definitely wasn't one of the the main problems as you mentioned obviously perks so i think will, will be easily recognized as probably the the main issue on that team with his inconsistency um, now, now, with that being said, I, I think bringing in Trimby is still, like, it, it is a, a decent move, right? Like, I, I don't think you're going to get worse from, from bringing in Trimby over Kaiser. But, again, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's definitely not the issue. You didn't need to make that move, you know. Like, I, I, it would be nice to see Trimby go to another team that could have used an upgrade at support. Um, like, off the top of my head, my least knowledge isn't that great. Uh, to to like name a team like right off rip that really needs like a support upgrade or not especially as of late but like obviously obviously going into the season i'm pretty sure i would have connected trimby to sk just because i didn't like dos going into the season i think dos has been relatively fine now uh but into the going into the the split i would have loved to have seen him go on sk or something like that um maybe i mean like I don't know if you would want to go to k-corp but like like they could definitely use a new support over there Uh, he's not french i don't think they would bring him in but they definitely could use him. um (laughs) so you know it, it sucks for kaiser and he 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 gave out a nice xd tweet uh about two and a half three hours before the the news got leaked so you always know when when a pro player tweets xd or lol something along those lines that they're getting cut from their team so we all knew that was coming from a mile away unfortunately uh, so, you know, hope, hopefully, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him get picked up somewhere. So, like you said, he was doing, you know, good enough. Um, and, and, and I agree with that sentiment. So may, maybe he goes to K-Corp. I don't know. Like I said, they still need a support. So may, maybe bring him to K-Corp or something. I don't know. But yeah, sucks, sucks for Kaiser.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, those are the two pieces of news and a, a farewell to heretics. They're going to come back with hopefully re- reinvigorated spirit for the spring split. But now I'm going to combine two teams here that were also eliminated, Giant X and Vitality, because they were very much deserving of elimination. I I saw that coming from a mile away last week. Not much of a surprise to me that it happened. On the Giant X side, they're still the clear weakest of the top eight. They looked even weaker against Mad Lions Koi here than I think they even looked against G2. Not really a whole lot more to say you know, mainly reiterate the fact that it's about time Patrick be let go. He still doesn't really show up. He's he's just mediocre at best, bad at worst. And then Peach would be my next choice after him to go. Uh, again, he's sort of fine in the early game, make some plays mid game. He's okay, but he he generally just seems that as the the game progresses, he's less and less of a factor. And I find it hard to even see what he's doing in fights sometimes. So I think that changes are going to happen somewhere here, if not for winter, then by the end of the spring, because they are going to be a candidate for bottom two coming into the next split for me.
0: Yeah, I don't have too much to add about Giant X. I mean, they're they're one of the teams where it's like, yeah, like we know they're not that great. It was good for them to make it into top eight. It was a big surprise, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they got in there because K-Court bombed, you know, it was, it was going to take something like that happening, you know, we kind of knew that. Uh, they were going to be one of those teams that were most likely going to be eliminated obviously we were really really wrong on the mad Lions prediction but giant x we were we were right there basically i mean i'm not you know gonna act like we were we were far off everyone kind of knew knew that this team wasn't great jackie's was just up and down after that great debut game um patrick as you said just again like pretty pretty mediocre I've, i've talked about him to death i like him but he's he's like you said, average at best. So I'm not going to ramble on too much about Giant X. I'm not surprised that they're out either. And uh, we'll see what they do. I, I expect them to probably just stick around with what they got. I don't you know, know what changes that they would be probably willing to make at this point um, or who who like again who, who would want to go there. So good luck to them.
1: Yeah. And then on the other side is Vitality. I'm just relieved that this team bombed out because, like I said last week, I wouldn't be able to handle Vitality in the top four. They, I predicted that they would be ninth place in my power rankings. You were a bit higher on them than that, but you know Hilly here just had an even greater infest than he did versus BDS last week. Uh, he walked in on stage this week and said, "Hold my beer, I'm gonna do one better." Uh, the set game that he played in that game one broke records by actually doing nothing of value and being very comparable to Targamas in in terms of how much he was griefing his own team. Uh, It was funny to me that the crowd started chanting Hilly's name every time he died. Uh, When he reached 13 deaths, I was just laughing at that point at how bad he was. Uh, And then what really pushed Vitality over the line is the fact that Karzi was looking very much off his usual mark. Um, You know, Vitia was probably the one member of this team that tried his hardest. In Game 1, his LeBlanc was all they were really holding on by, but he couldn't win alone. And then in Game 2... Uh, photon had a pretty good performance for the very first time all split i thought he was doing really well on that auction game until it stopped going well you know in the end of, at the end of the day i think that if heretics were to fight vitality here i'd i'd even put my money on heretics so outside of gx this team is kind of a, a seventh place performer for, in my books they they just weren't all that good
0: I did not get to watch that series, so when when you said Hilly played support and I, I looked at it now it looks like he had eleven deaths for his, his final scoreline, I immediately just googled <laughs> I, I went on YouTube and I immediately looked at the game and skipped to the end. My God oh my oh wow okay um yeah so i didn't i didn't i I never thought hilly would get that bad (laughs) in the game um but credit to him he finds new ways to innovate i feel like set support is a good pick to kind of do that on because it's not like you're playing i mean it's kind of in the same bands like a leona i guess right where you can e in and you're still going you're still going like pretty far ahead of your team um but the set is great because like you you kind of just like have to like go in like i mean like you you can kind of wait for people to jump in on you again i guess and it's not bad um actually i i didn't get to watch the games i don't know if he was just like kind of passively like trying to help out his team or if he was like literally inting plays and like looking for like stupid stuff or what but
1: to kind of summarize things for you and for anyone that might have missed that series he literally was he played that game like he was a one-man army he because the the hilly kind of thing lately the the narrative behind him is that he He will go in when he sees an angle, and it's up to his team on whether they follow. In this game... That's
0: that's always been hilly.
1: (laughs) Right, but in this particular game, he was just, like, miles away from where his team was, and he's just, like, warding in the enemy jungle when his team is behind their own, like, inhib turrets. He's warding in the enemy jungle for some reason, gets caught, dies... Or the the enemy team's on Baron, so his team's kind of coming at a base, but he's already there, so he just ults into the pit and dies. Like, it, it was disgusting, the level of play he was showing here.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Well, there you go, Hilly. Good job. Um, but yeah, so like, obviously, as you said, I was a little bit higher on Vitality. I was, I was proven, right? So point for me. Um, but... Yeah, I wasn't expecting this team to be like really a super big title contender or anything. I definitely liked you know some of the pieces they had with uh, Vito and Karzi. Vito, I thought, definitely had some of his moments. He didn't look anywhere quite as bad as his XL time was, Um, but I, I don't think he's still like you know fully there. And I don't and I kind of feel bad for him because of just like the volatility of that bot lane and and Dagless just like having. You know pretty inconsistent performances well he did have some good games here and there which was not something I was entirely expecting I did think that he was going to be more of a hindrance than he was but there were still plenty of moments where you were just like what are you doing dude You're like you can tell like he's still either limit testing some things or like just not fully experienced as, as a as a rookie slash really young player still uh, so I'm excited to see what they can do still because I, I, I still like the upside of the team with even with Carzy and Hilly, but it's just that I, I do agree with you. The the I think the percentage chance of of seeing that upside hit uh, is definitely lower in my book than it was for me going into the season, especially with with Hilly uh, specifically. Carzy was still not the best but i i didn't have any like super huge issues i don't feel like with karzi except like maybe a game or two with hilly it definitely has been a lot more standout uh and and that kind of does happen with the role you know as as being a support especially if you are playing something like a set for some reason you know but just tank supports in general right like you're more kind of just prone to going in and racking up a lot of deaths and team fights Uh, and then when you compound it with the the little monk hamster wheel spinning in in hilly's brain sometimes it becomes a lot worse so we'll see we'll see if they can keep going like i said i like the team still because there is some potential upside there that that can be tapped into but i am much cooler on them than i was before and that was even with me putting them at like seventh or something like that so we'll, we'll see what the what the ride for them will be going into spring
1: and then last but certainly not least, the only team of these four that I think was unfortunately unable to make top four is SK Gaming. And, you know, after seeing them barely win out over Heretics in what was very much a depressing series from both sides, I, as a SK supporter, had absolutely no hope left in them. I have no idea what changed, but against Fnatic, they looked entirely different. You know, neither team played really great again, as as kind of has been the trend for the LEC in general outside of G2, but it was very competitive and there were moments from either side that were good too. So, you know, my hopes started going up. SK was able to win that first game. It was bloody, but in a pretty convincing fashion. So, I, you know, I was starting to feel, feel the SK hype coming back, but...
0: Well, there was, there was one man. There was a one man who played the highest quality of league of legends that that europe has ever seen in my opinion as a top laner with irrelevant who i was kind of lukewarm on coming into the season i remember watching him for last year when we were previewing stuff and and he was on misfits i believe it was for irrelevant i was like oh, okay like he's like you, you you liked him i'll give you the crown that you liked him what from what i saw of him which again, albeit is is less than than blue, I was like, eh, you know, it's like, I, I didn't really see a lot there. I felt like much more whelmed by, by his performances. But this year he definitely has has had plenty of good games and this series especially was really, could could really be like a, a coming out party for this guy. He's had plenty of good games this this split already, but even though despite uh the rough outcome for SK overall irrelevant, really stepped up his game and tried to put the team on his back as much as he could.
1: Yeah, and game one, he was a huge factor for either one. Game two, he was a lot of why SK was competitive. And then in game three, he his rumble pick there was a total monster. It was, it was so good to see him play as well as he did. Last year, he topped the charts in the LEC for top lane solo kills. And I, I haven't checked the stat for this split, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's up there again. We've seen solo kills from him in this series. We've seen solo kills in past games. And unfortunately, while SK really should have and could have won game three, they were probably about one fight from doing it. ExaKick, there were a couple moments where, especially in that last game, he there was one moment I, I remember very distinctly that he saw the, all the fanatic running away, it was near Baron, and so he flashes in on Draven, instantly gets caught, the Renata bailout doesn't save him. And then SK wins that fight, but not very convincingly because of the fact that he was out so early. Uh, Niski as well had a couple grief moments, probably less than ExaKick, but a fair share of them too. Uh, Though I will give a shout out to Niski, he almost won via backdoor. There was one moment where he TPs in, gets two Nexus turrets, and then almost gets the uh, TF port out, but unfortunately dies just before it finishes channeling. And then he tried it again as SK lost the Elder fight. And unfortunately, Exikic at that point was the only player next to Humanoid. He w- he didn't have Draveny up. He couldn't stop Humanoid's teleport. So he gets back to base, kills off Niski, and then with Elder, Fnatic win the-, win the fight, win the game. So coming into next split, I'm still sure after seeing this last series that SK is a potential top three contender, maybe better. I think they do have what it takes to be up there. And there's, unfortunately, there's just one step missing somewhere. They're, they're going to have some work to do. They have time now to go back to the drawing board. I think that they really need to keep themselves in check and work on consistency because the highs are there. It's just that they don't always show that. So I'm still going to be high on SK. I'm an SK supporter, but th- something needs to change. They need to find that one extra piece to to get them up there
0: i like the sk team as well i think if i remember right in our predictions uh i had them fifth so go me i'm i'm spot on baby let's go you had them third which i mean it, it to be completely fair they could or second even you had them completely fair though like they, they easily could have been there it, it, it was a devastating loss uh in in that third game as i i watched the, the highlights of it v- very very brutal like you said um I I love the team. I, I think that they're they're playing really well. My big question marks were going to be DOS and Irrelevant. I'm I'm still not super uh like a big DOS fan, but he definitely played better than than last year. Um, or not only it was last year, but last time he was in the, in the league, maybe it was last year. I can't remember, but uh, he did play better than than last I remember. So good on him for improving. And Then as I just talked about, Irrelevant uh big big improvement from him for me and them. Hopefully he can co- continue to build off of a series like this, because this is definitely something that you would love to see uh, build off. You're not going to go like, you know, seven and one every single game, but if you can keep up like just a strong level of play like that, that that's a huge boon for this team, because even though that they did have rough series, uh, especially exit kick in that final game with some of those mistakes uh, there, they are still, I would say pretty strong, reliable pieces for the team. Uh, Niski being able to work with Isma seems to have gone uh, pretty well. And then I've just been an Exa Kick fan since he came into into the LEC, so it is a, a strong team with definitely the the potential there to continue to improve and be better. Uh, and I'm I'm going to turn it over to Fnatic just a little bit because with even though Fnatic did win the series and it was you know some good performances you know from Noah and Humanoid and Razork. Uh, we we, we got to talk about oscar a bit too because for for all of the praise that irrelevant deserves oscar does deserve uh, a ton of criticism and i i for one was especially shocked because i think even in general oscar has not had that great of a split and i was expecting much better from him going into it uh, i kind of talked about i remember Saying like, and obviously not directly comparing him to these players in terms of quality, even at the time as I was saying it, you know. But like, he 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 seemed kind of like a wippo kind of player where he has like a fun uh style. But it seems like he just, he's been playing a lot more of just like the early game stuff. And I don't know, maybe I'm just misremembering it from when I was watching him last year. Except uh, because I, I I will admit that wasn't a ton. But it seems like he's just playing a lot of like you know, Cassante and like you know early game kind of just lane dominant stuff. And he's and he's getting bullied in the lane still. So definitely hasn't been a performance to remember from Oscar in this split, but definitely this series, he's going to definitely need to make an improvement and an adjustment going into this top four round for Fnatic, Uh, because at the very least, everyone else did have their moments of, of playing really well, or at the very least, just good. I don't think Oscar really had any or or, like obviously you're gonna stumble into one here and there but he did not have a lot of good moments into this series so uh definitely going to be needing to see more out of him
1: and great jumping off point because we're going to talk about the upcoming matches here the very first one will be between mad lions koi and Fnatic as the final two teams that were able to secure top four and the broadcast has reiterated this a lot i'm going to remind you all as well that this series happens on friday So don't tune in on Saturday for the first series, because you'll miss this series. It's happening on Friday, so be there. But I'm not going to rag on too much on this one, just because we've already seen it so many times. For some reason, Mad Lions and Fnatic, every time the two of them are in playoffs, they always meet somewhere, and now they're meeting for the second time, since they've already played a BO3 against each other. Um, In the BO1 stage, Mad Lions quite won that, but I think that it was very much because of hands gap. They... Outplayed them in in those skirmishes a lot early to mid game, and that's kind of what, what springboarded them to a victory. But in terms of overall picture, I think that Fnatic is the better team by quite a wide margin. The macro, especially on this team, obviously Mad Lions being a relatively new roster to the LEC stage, or this upper bracket is is kind of it's going to show that they don't have that game sense quite developed yet. Fnatic, on the other hand, is very experienced, so they they have that macro sense more. I think that as they ramp up, Mad Lions has the potential to, to kind of compete, but I'm going to say that this series is going to be, once again, handed over to Fnatic. I think it might be closer this time around, just because it was close in the BO3. Fnatic just took both games, especially that last one, by practically a coin flip, but I'm going to say that it'll probably be a 3-1 victory for Fnatic here they overall are the better team Mad Lions kind of needs to rely on forcing skirmishes and aim to build leads that way but unless they're able to keep Fnatic from organizing keep things chaotic it it really should just be a Fnatic win
0: yeah I'm definitely expecting a Fnatic win I'm I i going to give Mad Lions a, a shot just because I, I think Merwin could have a lot of fun with Oscar in top lane if, if that's how he keeps on playing uh, Merwin does have some some fun picks. He has had some some dominant performances here, and they're not. I, I wouldn't say super uh, consistently, um, but he has had his fair share of moments up there. If Oscar does not uh, step up his game, I, I probably feel like he's in kind of that. Uh, again, again, at least to me, like how how I kind of viewed Irrelevant before, where it's like, yeah, you know, like I'm not a huge Irrelevant fan, but he had some good moments here or there. That's kind of how I think of 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 Merwin. Uh, you know, he's not this most super consistent guy, but when he does like have like a, a nice kind of stylish pick, he can pull it off. But yeah, when it comes to the rest of the team. I, I, I used that same kind of argument how I think you're kind of using it even though you didn't necessarily say it as black and white as I did like veteran experience and being around being able to play like a solid team game more um, you know that that can kind of still be a similar argument I used that for Vitality even though they lost to Mad Lions I do think that Fnatic is a, a higher quality team and when you add on you know things like veteran experience and being used to playing on a big stage and you know trying to be able to figure out how to read the map and not get lost in, in the in the chaos of a big moment you can't probably give the edge to uh, fanatic there although i wouldn't discredit mad lions because they even though they are a bunch of rookies plus al this is still a team that you know for the most part has stuck together uh the three guys obviously coming from movie star riders. then marum was also in the super league still but you know they, they clearly know how they want to play the game so if if they can execute how they want to to play the game, which is still like basically how those three guys played in the Super League, which was very very aggressive, uh, and constantly looking for fights and trying to push the tempo on stuff, I feel like that's that's a that's a good fit against a team like Fnatic. So I'm I'm gonna still give Mad Lions that credit. It probably still will be a, a Fnatic win. It is a best of five, so. Mm. I'm kind of torn how I want to predict it. I'll, I'll probably just take the, the the kind of easier one and say 3-1 for Fnatic as well. Um. But I, I'm going to give Medlines a fair shake here. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if they were able to actually take down Fnatic. I think that I do like their style of play. It's very fun to watch. If Aljoya can kind of take over a game. I'm not necessarily looking at Frescawi, but I would be looking more at Supa and Aljoya to be able to kind of put the team on their back. Maybe Merwin does have that kind of pop-off game against Oscar if, if they can expose him a little bit, get him behind early. Um, you know, Frescowi has had some good moments not to like, you know, to to poop on him or anything but i'm just not i'm not going to be i don't want to say i'm not going to be the he's not going to be the one that i'm, I'm going to want to put the pressure on of being able to perform a super great game because i feel like he generally has been the one who has been viewed in a little bit of a lesser light uh in comparison to all of the other rookies on the team so if i will predict a fanatic three to one but at least for me personally I, I think mad lions has has a good shot of winning
1: then on the Saturday matchup, we will have BDS facing, obviously, the winner of Mad Lions, Koi Fnatic. But since we both predict Fnatic, we'll run with that assumption. I think that this will probably be the closest and most exciting matchup of the weekend for me, personally. Um, community sentiment seems to lean Fnatic, but I think that BDS is still the clear second place in LEC right now. Oscar is usually someone that's okay, but... Against SK obviously he wasn't, so if he doesn't recover and uh, Merwin isn't able to beat him out enough, then I think that Adam will. And then while Noah has shown growth in a lot of areas of weakness I saw last year, I'm still confident that Ice Labrov beats the Noah June pairing. So the the Fnatic will formula will probably win in the early game on paper, just because BDS has tended to be Week early on. It'll probably have to come from mid and jungle because that's where I think they have the clear advantage. But what it really will come down to is those teamfights just because this is where BDS always seems to pop off with the exception of G2, of course. So if Fnatic isn't able to build enough of a lead early on to kind of negate that BDS teamfight presence, BDS obviously will be probably better around setting up around objectives their general team fight knowledge is on the better side, I think. So Fnatic will need to to kind of stonewall that ability. Um, my official prediction for like official purposes is going to be pretty radical in that I think BDS takes it 3-0. But I, like I'm just, my confidence is that much higher in their setup and those those late game execution where it will really matter. Though I, with a whole week of prep, it wouldn't surprise me if this also goes all the way to five games, just because, again, on paper, these are two teams that are pretty close, the two clearest contenders for that second place in the league. I, I just really overall don't see any chance for Fnatic to reach the final, unfortunately, for them. So my official prediction is BDS 3-0, but again, it could go all the way to five.
0: And that that's where I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm going to take it to, to BDS 3-2, uh, Fnatic will be able to, to, to put up a good fight. But I think at the end of the day, it does kind of come down to exactly what you're saying, where BDS does seem to be able to operate better in those mid and late game team fights, even though against G2 it wasn't able to come out. That's just you know not a surprise at this point, uh, seeing how convincingly G2 did beat BDS in their best of five. So uh, I'm, I'm very proud to be saying, though, that, that BDS is going to be going into the finals because when I was doing my power rankings For the LEC at the start of the season I I remember being like Man like I, I hate putting like BDS like I think 8th or whatever I put Them and it was like 8th or 7th but I was like Man like th- this just seems too low for them Because I know that obviously they made it to to Worlds last year so that obviously just seems too low right off Rip but comparing it to some other team it's just like man like I just don't know if I have enough confidence like I wasn't a, I wasn't super big on Sheo and Nuke I still had a lot of issues with Ice is obviously an unknown uh, Adam I thought was definitely going to be the, the bright spot on the team and I think he has been but I'm like, man, like, can you really like win with with like Adam being your your main guy for a lot of the games? And to their credit, they absolutely have. And now Ice has done a very good job in in most of these games, being able to have solid performances at at AD Carry and and nuke especially has been probably the the biggest x factor on this team where he he actually is just like a good player now I think uh, you know there, there's no real denying that anymore he has had so many great games on Azir especially maybe you would like to see a little bit more diversity in what he's really good on but you know you can't deny especially on his Azir he's been very very good so I am going to give it to BDS 3-2. It should be a very tight series. Obviously, if Fnatic make it past Madelines, I'm not going to be super worried about Oscar unless he does put up another stinker that Fnatic are able to overcome him uh, 4v5 again. But I, I think at this point, I'm, I'm kind of just leaning on, on that BDS side, the execution that they have been able to show against all these other teams. I think that they've, they've proven that that they're a very strong team, and they did actually have some decent early games against G2. It just wasn't even, like, really enough to to get them to where they needed to go. So if they can improve on their early game, we'll see if that's a thing that is more stable with them now going into that series against Fnatic or mad lions if they have some work on that early game then they could really be a dominant team to in comparison to the rest of the league but at the very least we know we can rely on them mid to late game and the early games usually aren't you know detrimental enough to the point where it, it, it has inhibited them from operating into the mid to late game and i don't think that that's going to be the case against Fnatic now
1: and last but not, certainly not least, will be the finale on Sunday, where G2 will face whoever makes it all the way there, which, again, in both of our cases will be BDS, presumably. I think that it should be a blowout once again, regardless of who makes it here. The LEC generally seems to be a one-team league, very top-heavy because of how well G2 has been performing. They they kind of s- slowly started off, I, I'd say, in, in comparison, but by the end of things here, they they are clearly the best, I think. And like their performance here against BDS was just a masterclass in every single way. I think their early game is the best, their mid game is the best, their drafting creativity is the best, their team fighting is the best. Like ev- everything here is kind of going in their favor. So the, the only thing I will say is that the narrative brain in me will note that the history of the LEC tends to lean in favor of the lower bracket run, regardless of who it is going through or how things are going. It generally seems to be that whoever comes out of the lower bracket takes the whole thing. So, you know, that narrative wise is stacked against you too, but I'm just not convinced that it's enough. So as a fan, I'm going to give a shout out here to Duffman. G2 brought him back to help with that mid-game that they identified was their biggest weakness last year. You know, we saw those stinkers at Worlds where they threw at Baron multiple times, so I think he's delivered in in shoring that up and getting them improvement. Um, My prediction for the series will be 3-1 for G2, just because they have a tendency to do a content game, as they've dubbed it on Twitter, in either Game 2 or Game 3. Usually 3. You know, I I expect they'll probably lose one, but Regardless, I think that it's it's just clearly that G two should should win things. They're they're just the best.
0: I'm gonna ride the 3-0 for G two just because that BDS series uh, it was very very convincing. Even with BDS finding some early game advantages, like I just mentioned, it didn't. Again, it was it wasn't anywhere big enough to to scare G two, and they were actually able to out. Uh, outplay bds in, in in that mid and late game portion which is usually bds's strong suit um i think that uh to your point about some of the the strengths of g2 i love the draft creativity it's, it's it, i feel like it's mainly more for broken blade than some of the other guys but still it's super fun to see like them the flex the the kasante mid and give him gasuo and tanar uh, we won't talk about the tf game at least personally for me uh some of those ults uh top lane uh, were bad the, the kind of the chain back-to-back ints um, but still, I, I I love seeing that because, you know, you, you, you will have to, you know, probably break some of that stuff out, especially if you want to go internationally and compete well. It's, it's always nice to have some kind of pocket picks like that ready to go. Uh, we'll bring up TF uh, a little bit later for the LCS as well as there was a TF game played uh, for Immortals, maybe not where you'd expect it to go as well. But yeah, when it comes for for G two bs I'm just gonna give it a three zero. Caps in that series just took over. Uh, on uh, on whether it be Azir or Cassante, the guy just just took com- took over that that series and just completely destroyed BDS. Uh, in every single team fight, he had like a. Uh, a 4v1 situation top lane that he got two kills on Azir and then he had a super nasty uh casante team fight where it looked like bds were kind of winning that first uh, 4v3 but then i think it was him and yike who was on Lilia just run run them all down and he gets in there like a huge wq3 and then flashes over um flashes over ice and then kills him from behind him too and it was just crazy. So I'm 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 not necessarily gonna to to bank on caps uh having that kind of crazy of a performance, uh, because you know, you you can't bank on that, but I do think just it's it's not anywhere surprising to say that G2 is just a better well-rounded team. Broken Blade's been able to take it to Adam in the lane. Uh a little bit of help from Yike, but not too much. Usually like Yike comes up there for a gank and then Broken Blade takes control after that. Um, so yeah i'm, I'm gonna go three zero for g2 riding off the the coattails of that series i will to, to kind of hedge a little bit kind of like you were saying with narratively speaking uh i I do generally speaking like the the losing team when they have that rematch to like get a little bit of a boost out of it right because you're going to be a little bit more motivated you're going to be kind of really like analyzing those games to see what went wrong where it went wrong what you can do to 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 improve on that so if you want to kind of come that narratively obviously as you mentioned with the lower bracket runs i gen i generally like to see the losing team like a rematch series i think they have a little bit of an edge um is it will it be enough of an edge for BDS to win the series no but maybe it does give them a game you know like like you're saying as well in, in your prediction but i'm going to be i'm going to show my my conviction from watching that last series and say 3-0
1: and there you have it that'll be our LEC rundown for the week but just before we jump into the LCS one more reminder because it's important tune in on Friday that's the first series take it away Steve with the LCS
0: and don't tune in to the LCS this week because they will be doing absolutely nothing I guarantee you to continue their momentum uh, throughout this two week hiatus there hasn't been anything announced yet from the LCS on Twitter or anything. I did see Papa Smithy tweet something but he's just related to FlyQuest and maybe FlyQuest will be doing something uh, interesting during this so we'll keep an eye on that but yeah nothing official at least now seemingly going on for LCS uh, this week or next week so we will be getting into this rundown though, taking a quick look at the standings. Flyquest stands alone, speaking of them at the top of the standings at 7 and 2, a big surprise in second with a hundred and 100 thieves being there in sole possession of second place 6 and 3. TL Honda and third place standing alone at 5 and 4. NRG, Cloud9, Dignitas, and a three-way tie for fourth at four and five, and then Shopify Rebellion and Immortals tied for seventh at three and six. So kind of similar to, to EU and kind of not similar to EU. There does seem to be a clear team at the top with FlyQuest, uh, you know, kind of filling up that G2 role, having a fun game here or there with a couple of their losses. But then 100 Thieves is very surprising because we kind of compared them to, to Mad Lions. I think that's a very similar comparison. Mad Lions making it to the top four. But even kind of BDS in that sense of like, you know, that 100 Thieves are a good team, clearly. They've, they're they 6-3. and three. They've shown the ability to win a good number of games. But you're not really expecting them, I don't think, to be able to take it to like FlyQuest in like a, a best-of series or maybe even the best-of ones.
1: I think that... My highlight for the, for now is going to be Shopify Rebellion. You know, they're up, down there in last, but the the analogy that I've seen floating around, I won't take credit for it, but I find it hilarious, is that they're kind of the LCS blue shell.
0: Yeah, their, their, their three wins have been big wins.
1: Yeah, they, they have a win against NRG, they have a win against Fly, and they have a win against C9. The three teams that on paper should be the top three, so... The fact that they're losing the, the easier games on paper and then winning the higher games on paper is, is kind of entertaining and kind of contributes a lot to why the LCS has been so hectic and so much fun to watch. You know, with two teams being knocked out, I think that things have gotten a lot closer overall and has contributed to the LCS being very, very fun to watch. I'll give them credit for that. So, Yeah. It's it's funny that Shopify Rebellion is playing in that sense. I think that their their drafts are you know, they don't always work, but they're innovative, so shakes things up. And then the fact that they're winning against the top teams also shake things up. So credit to them for despite being at the bottom, they're they're keeping things interesting.
0: Definitely for Shopify, kind of in that well, I was just talking about G2, they do have a little bit of flexibility, it's usually for Broken Blade. Shopify had that little bit of flexibility too. It's mostly for Insanity. He's been playing a lot of the unique picks. He's played Cyan Min a couple a couple of times. I think there's another pick in there. I'm forgetting yes. as well at the top of my head. That was something interesting. Um, but he's usually been the more creative source of that team. Again, doesn't always work well, but you know, it has been fun to watch them play. I do like Insanity as a player and those three wins have been against on paper those top three teams in in the league going into the split so shopify were an honorable mention for me for basically like my best surprise of the league so far uh going into it because they're able to take that win off of fly quest have those big wins obviously the the biggest good surprise i think is very clear is 100 thieves at six and three each player has had their share of highlight moments snipers had plenty of 1v1s uh, up there in the top lane but Uh, I'm going to give the the biggest uh, credit to for the good surprise, as well as the MVP for me of this week, being Quid. Quid has looked like a completely different player, excuse me, from how he was looking last year when he came in to replace Bjergsen. Doubleth was still on that team that team did not work out well. And a lot of it was just Quid was not really able to hold his own in lane. He was not doing much at all in terms of the, the broad sense of the game either. This year, he's been much improved, definitely looking like one of the better mid laners in the league. He had two Talia games this week. Actually, 100 Thieves basically had the same draft uh, for both games this week. There was Aatrox, Vi, Talia, and Varus, And then they had Alistar as a support for one game. and Then Melio as the support for the other game. Um, but two incredible games, especially this week, from Quid on Tilia. Uh, he was catching out JoJo on C9 a few times. Uh, he had an old top lane that just caught him out there, just pushing up there for a kill. There was an, a, a couple of nice plays with him and River and the team coordinating on locking down JoJo or someone on C9, obviously being able to be in position for the seismic shove combo back into the whatever Tilia E is called, the minefield, um, and bursting out uh, players through that. He has been much, much improved very strong games i believe he was like seven two and seven and seven four and seven uh in both of his games this week the playmaking has been there the landing has been better and it's just been a huge part of hundred Thieves' success overall has been the improvement of quit like i said each player has had their strong moments sniper has been relatively speaking good in the top lane which has been definitely more inconsistent down there with Ayla. that c9 game specifically uh Meech tr- really tried his best to, to have c9 win that game with getting caught out uh with the bard ultimates uh, not wanting to flash those uh, probably doing some sort of homage to double lift uh, saving his flash for the next game at worlds but uh Luckily luckily for them, at the very least, C9 also was feeling bad, clearly for Meech not being able to flash those Bartults and gave them that game. So... A nice surprise for Hundred Thieves though, six and three, being able to be not only just like so high up the, the standings, but they're they're in, in firm control of second place. The top three are, you know, just standalone seven, two, six and three, five and four, whereas that middle to bottom of the table is a bunch of ties. So they really have been able to kind of solidify themselves. You still would like to see a little bit more consistency, but that's just gonna come and do time with some of these guys. They're mostly younger players, very much uh aggressive players when you look at sniper. Uh, you know they're gonna have to iron out you know just like looking for their their windows and stuff for one v ones or looking for trades stuff like that managing decisions and team fights but very very pleasantly surprised by hundred thieves so far.
1: The one sort of and I don't mean to detract from the hundred thieves success of course but the one drawback I think I've identified with this team is that very much like Mad Lions Koi, they have the individual talents they have the mechanics. But I think that as a rookie roster, obviously with the exception of River, the the macro sense and being able to identify how to play those teamfights or set up for teamfights is where they sh- kind of struggle the most. And that's even this weekend, they, they came 2-0 out of it. But I think that has been where they struggled, where they sort of relied on TL making rough choices in those teamfights, and that kind of allowed them to start snowballing and take that win. And then in the C9 game especially, where they fell very, very far behind, and then it was sort of mostly off the back of C9, misexecuting things, that they they were able to bring it back and then start winning. So, you know, they're very good, of course, individually speaking, and in the lane phase where that's important, they have been performing very well, but... That's going to be sort of the the big thing that they're going to need to work on coming into the the remainder of spring, as well as coming into the summer later on in the year. I think that, obviously, being a young roster, they they have the time to improve, and that will be where I want them to focus the most because that's that's where they lack.
0: And Ayla, I do believe, did give like the postgame interview after getting C9 where I do think he mentioned like some of those kind of things as we've been talking about, you know, like working on decision making, you know, just not doing stupid stuff and making sure you're figuring out how to want to play together and be on the same page. So they, they are aware of that. Um, and as you said, you know, as I've said, it's a young roster. Give them some time. That consistency and decision making stuff will eventually get ironed out with more time and more experience playing together and just in the league as a whole. And this is going to coincide very, very quickly and nicely into my bad surprise uh, of the week, which uh, was Cloud9. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double dip on Cloud9. Uh, It's easy for me to do that because I'm a fan. Um, So like, there probably definitely are going to be other teams and stuff where, yeah, like they're not having a great week either. Um, But, but C9 being at four and five at this point uh, in the standings, tied with NRG and Dignitas of all teams uh, in in the middle of the table is definitely not where they should have been especially considering that they, they should be three and six because they, they should have had an zero and two week this week um NRG luckily for CNN gave them that game kind of in a similar vein with you know uh, I was talking about Meech and stuff getting caught out they were getting caught out in fights too CNN were able to find a couple of favorable fights in, in the kind of mid late game but it wasn't a, it wasn't enough uh to for them to get bailed out against the hundred thieves as they were actually able to respond and find uh, some kills on jojo on the side as he was trying to find flanks didn't really work out blabber uh missed a few sejuani ultimates that were really bad vulcan missed uh a bard ult or two alongside with him as they were trying to combine for some sorts of engages and le- usually ended up believing like maybe blabber a little bit out position because he dashed in too far trying to you know kind of follow up on that missed engage and then he dies and then c9 gets kind of run down berserker i remember in one of those team fights against 100 thieves on zary he just dashed in like too far he was trying he was trying to kind of revive a lost team fight already with a, a player or two around him down already and 100 thieves was still relatively full strength but he's doing the zary thing you know kiting around and doing a good job at it but he just he just dashes in a little bit too far they're able to dive in on him he does get one kill i believe was on palafox but he dies not too long after that as well so it's still just it's still not there for c9 and i think the the biggest thing is still to some extent the drafting because like the, the the a lot of things that come down to this c9 fans want to see like blabber be able to be you know proactive and have a lot of you know carry threats and, and have playmaking potential they drafted him sejuani two games in a row for for this week he's on he's on tank duty still and it, again not the biggest problem with them is just you know blabber being on tanks but you know you, you still need to be able to find then the the consistency of of making good engages when you're on the tanks and that was a big reason why they lost 100 thieves is that even though know, they did have some good stuff coming back it was usually on the hands of vulcan finding a bard ult to set things up on Meech then they would pile in when when they started losing those fights it was off the it was off of like blabber missing a sejuani ult and then like i said he maybe dashes in and then he gets slowed or something or rooted by something and then he's just deleted by you know like on hit varus few auto attacks and then the talia combo and then that's it so very much still uh, a bad surprise for c9 like i said should be zero and two uh should be should be down there tied and in, in i guess it'd be sixth at that point um with with shopify rebellion and immortals um i, I I'm, I'm not happy uh i'm not happy but the as, as you kind of mentioned it last week you know having this kind of Wrinkle in the schedule with a break um to to kind of figure out what you want to be able to do and and hopefully for su9 definitely get on the same page as a team uh and and iron out whether you you still want to harp on drafting or being more consistent together in fights um they're, they're, they're gonna need a lot of help still and so will teams like nrg still four and five as well another team that we expected to to be at the top um not not quite there i will say that uh, i i will put the blame on me for finally believing in nrg uh and them uh fin- you know letting me down uh so I, I i've always been low on nrg even uh when they were on the come up it's like you know it's, it's just it's it, it's nrg right like, like they have c9's number like they would always beat c9 but like it's it's nrg like dokla's he's not that great like contracts is is fine but he's his prime and stuff was on c9 behind and palafox is just okay but it's like no okay you're you're just gonna be the better team and start beating people sure okay I'll I'll believe in you now now they're four and five so you know I'm I'm sorry to the, to all the NRG fans out there it's my fault.
1: So looping back for a moment to C nine I think that my my sort of LVP vote if you will is going to be a combination between Vulcan and Blabber. I think that I I will give them credit that. The, the way that um, C9 was starting to win that game against 100 Thieves and how they built up that lead that they eventually lost is sort of things playing out very similar in every fight where it would start with Vulcan catching two or three people with, Vul- uh, with the Bard ult, and one of them was usually Meech, so that was important. The team kind of gets in position because of that ult, and then Fudge sort of serves as the zoning tool to get the backline pushed back. He's Olaf, so he can kind of just run at them. They... He has
0: ran through everybody. <laughs> exactly.
1: So they, they have no choice but to kind of fall back, and then that allows Berserker on the Zeri pick to alt and then just start popping off. He can shred through the front line, eventually get to that backline that's running away, and then C9 just stomps the fights. Like, that's that's kind of what was happening for a long time. It, it all sort of started going downhill, the, there was one fight in the mid lane that stands out to me where I think it, it really started to go downhill, is that Vulcan throws Bard ult, it whiffs, it hits nothing, and blabber immediately after throws Sejuani Alt, and also that goes to Narnia, hits nobody. But the problem with that, like sure, you will miss abilities sometimes, that happens. C9 at that point was in a position that they very easily could have walked it back, slowed it down, kind of reposition, maybe wait for cooldowns to come back, and use the fact that you're up almost 10k gold, I think, at that point, and just try again. Like, that that's all they really had to do. But it, they, they whiff these huge engage tools, and then choose to go in anyway. And then they, they full send it, they get killed, and then the next couple fights start getting worse and worse for them off the back of that. So it, it's just the... C9 on paper. Like desperate paper. for no reason. Exactly. It's, it's desperation. And C9 on paper, they, they should be good. Their ceiling is so, so high. But they're just making these questionable decisions at so many points in time that contribute to why they're losing. And it's just kind of depressing that I'm not as big a fan of C9 as you are, but they are a pillar of the West. And to see them struggle this much, is just it's just sad
0: yeah they'll definitely have a lot of work to do you know as as i said hopefully the break can be good for them good for a team like nrg you know kind of take that time refocus yourself recenter yourself kind of get some new ideas going maybe um and just you know maybe like i'm sure they're probably tilted and frustrated you know being four and five this is not where they thought they would be either i would expect so just kind of reset yourself you know find your composure You, you have this this completely brand new opportunity to reinvent yourselves and you know i do trust that you know for both of these teams who we thought would be doing a little bit better uh that they can do that obviously we've talked about the the coaching memes with nrg not quite as many coaches as last year but you still like to think that they're going to be a cohesive unit and c9 will have to look to become a cohesive unit to try and continue to, to climb back up the rankings i'm sure If we do start to see some semblances of that coming out from C9, that they will immediately be jumping back up to some of the favorites in the league, even if they don't necessarily win, because you really just kind of are looking to just like build build the team now at this point because the the talent is there as, we, as we've all known since the beginning you really do need to build the the team aspects and that kind of does seem to be the problem with just like these kind of teams in general whether you call c a super team or not that kind of build of like yeah like there's definitely a lot of names here there's a lot of star power and individual talent but that's that's usually the hindrance with these teams that for one reason or another they they're not able to come together as a unit um, and i think C9 is definitely experiencing that uh, as of right now and then uh great great credit uh to you as well talking a little bit with NRG with me as well my lvp was going to be given to dokla uh, slash nrg nrg went 0 2 this week losing to C9 and dig who they are now tied with in the standings i'm giving it to 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 give it to one person specifically i'm going to give it to dokla just because he basically did nothing in either one of those games in the c9 game he is, his final scoreline was 0-3-2 and, and then in the Dignitas game he was 0-2-0 so he literally did nothing in that Dignitas game uh you know obviously he's playing tanks so you're gonna give him some benefit of the doubt whether it's Cassante or whatever you know you're gonna be probably dying a bit more than you would like to just kind of comes with the role especially when, you, when you're falling behind and you're not actually that tanky and then you're cutting you know especially on Cassante you're cutting like half of your health pool out and your resistances. Um, if you're if you are trying to make a play with your team so you know i I always feel a little bit bad for tank players to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because especially if you are behind you're going to be racking up deaths um but it really was just kind of a nothing burger week uh for dokla
1: my sort of meme lvp for the week though because i i want to keep things lighthearted too is shout out to production for for whatever reason Fake God's player cam versus TL was labeled as fake FOD. So, you know, there was a typo there. I don't know what happened. You know, the F and G keys are next to each other on the keyboard, so maybe someone wasn't quite paying attention. But the, it's the fact that they didn't fix it. All the way until the end of the game, he was known as fake FOD. So, you know, maybe that's sort of a credit to him not performing super great, and that's why, but. You know it's it's a little disappointing that we didn't see fake god in that game we saw fake Fod instead
0: a, a, a little mistake it happens you know it's harmless you know production for lcs i talked about that in the first week um they've, they've gotten better with like showing like the plates and stuff like that at least but i think in the i forget what game it was in the last game i believe uh, of the day though on sunday i don't remember who was playing but the the hud just like broke for like the final like 20 minutes of the game or something like that it felt like 10 to 20 minutes the the gold wasn't changing the the like death timers when people would die weren't changing like it was just broken and they and just like with, with fake god apparently they just didn't change it at all like they just left the hud up there they didn't even go to like the the, the default like game hud it was just broken they didn't do anything about it so shout out to production
1: so to close things off because we've had our fun here we've had the LEC, we've had the lcs Big thanks goes out to all of you once again for sticking around till the end and continuing to support us here at Western Focus. By now, you should know the drill. If you haven't already, drop us a follow here on Spotify. There will be more episodes coming. You know, unfortunately, the West is going on hiatus. LEC has a week to go, but they're they're going to be dropping off for two weeks. And then the LCS is dropping off for two weeks now. So there won't be much to talk about. We'll be gone but we will be back once the West comes back. So drop a follow, make sure you don't miss out. If you enjoyed this episode, a five-star rating would go a long way in supporting us and letting people know that this show is something worth checking out. And then drop us a follow as well on Twitter. That's at no rival underscore esports for all other esports-related banger content. So once again, we're going to go on hiatus. Be sure to tune into the LEC on Friday, not on Saturday 1st. But we'll return once the action does. Don't miss out. Stay tuned.